Uh, greetings. This is Brilliant Perception. I'm Coel the Music. And this is yet our first um, of the podcast, our first sermon. Okay, there's going to be many more to follow God's will, but it's our first sermon of enlightenment. Um, and I'm, I'm just super excited to get started with this um, you know, and all the things that is going behind it and what it means for everyone listening in our communities and the world in which we're going to affect um, is a beautiful, beautiful thing. I've been studying this. Um, I've been studying uh, the gospel. I've been studying um, the Gita, uh, the different things of that nature um, for, for some years, uh, personal development, psychology, um, I studied a lot of these things. And when I say that, I don't want you to go looking for universities. Um, that's one of the things you're going to learn about when you understand true enlightenment and education. It doesn't always have to come from a bunch of professors at a university. Um, really, the true learning comes from experience and um, enlightenment. So understanding that, uh, when I say study, I have picked up books personally and um, got with mentors and um, got myself right. And I seen how wonderful knowing this stuff and dealing with personal development and personal experience, proving that a lot of the stuff that I was learning was indeed a lot of indeed true, because a lot of the struggles I had, I was being uh, awakened by the things that I was learning and it almost felt, it, it felt exactly like, oh man, I'm talking exactly about myself. Uh, so I never started out with the sermons with the intent to preach to anybody else or anything of that nature. But I just found that people wanted to hear it more and more over the years. Um, people wanted to hear it and wanted to hear it. And I, I really just did it for me to better me and uh, when I seen how effective it was for me and that people really needed that, I said, well, why not? You know, it's a part of what I, I'm passionate about. And that's people being free from the prisons of their minds because I've truly been released. Um, so <clears throat> with that being said, um, we're going to talk about today's sermon. Um, today's sermon, uh, which what we do for the sermons is... Um, like today <clears throat> and going forth for many episodes until we're finished, what we do is we go through a book of study, um, usually consists of the King James 1611 version of the Bible for references. Um, you can use, you know, there may be some things from the Gita in there. Um, you know, uh, Tor, there's all, all of them are broken pieces of what was once one way of living. Um, so we can find some good use in all of those things. This is not some kind of just Christian situation or some kind of Muslim situation only or some kind of Jew or this and that situation. This is a true self situation, which means that there is no religion in this. There's just truth. That's it. There's no dividing. It's it's all just one big book broken into many pieces that people have collected and created a way and blocked out the other way. We need it all. So um, with that being said, 
every time that we do sermons, at least um, once we fin we we do the sermons through books of study. So this one is going to be from the Gospel of Thomas, um, in which is you can find in the sixteen eleven. Just because I came up from that background of Christianity, um, and a lot of people were, you know up against it like you know they came up in that way like uh, you know it's, it's it's a bunch of crap you know these guys wrote it it's slave control which i'm not against their ideology of it um it has some truth to it but what is what the problem is is when people get wind of that they automatically discard the whole thing. So you're the type of person where, you know, um, a net fly get on one part of your delicious last slice of cake and you throw out the whole cake. See me, I understand that if I just take out the part in which it landed, all the rest of it is still good. So that's what we're doing with, um, you know, any religion, Christianity, uh, you know, Muslim, Buddhists, anything, don't discard it all together. Take out the part that uh, was tainted, that was, you know, misconstrued, and it, the rest of it is still good when we put it all together. So I hope you guys enjoy the sermons to come. I just had to get that introduction out the way, uh, but we'll go ahead and get right into it. So if you want to follow along, uh, definitely get you a 1611 King James Bible. I'll be using that as a reference and also um, a book um, about the Gospel of Thomas uh, written by an author, which that information will be available to you so you can get that book as well. Um, but that's what this is about, giving you references to go look into yourself and 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 keep going, you know. Maybe you'll teach me something. Um, but here we go. Today, the first um, sermon, we're going to be talking about uh, being the way out. Now, understand when you listen to my podcast that we speak on metaphysical. We speak on spiritual. We, need, we are aware of the physical, earthly bodies. We are aware of the necessity of that in this life experience but what we will not do or what we will not continue to do is allow it to lead the way we will not be led by the urges of this physical body nor the desires of it we will control it through the spiritual and the metaphysical so when i speak on the word when i speak on um, in my sermons understand i'm talking from a metaphysical sense talking from a, a, a potentiality not reality okay and that is more powerful than reality because reality is just a result of potentiality okay so be the way out okay again uh we're oftentimes uh we're looking for a way out of a circumstance whether it's money whether it's a relationship or health related but we are always looking for some kind of way out. And somewhere deep inside, we want a way out to present itself to us. Hmm? We're looking for a lover to rescue us or we're looking uh, for a, po a politician to rescue us. Or, uh, uh, we're looking for God to rescue us or the police to rescue us. Or, uh, but 
have we ever considered that maybe we are the way out? Hmm? You're made in God's image, so be the way out. That's what it's about today. You see, you speak in, when, when we talk about this, you, you speak up. And you say something matters when you're speaking from a place of an enlightenment. I've been recording like this and about the awakening long before now. I'm talking, I was doing this on a phone and I, I mean a government link, link phone, whatever they call that thing, free government phone using the microphone on that years ago. Hmm? But I had to go to work on myself first. That's what it was about for me. It was about getting me better. I wasn't into, oh, teach, teach, teach. I didn't think this was something that was available to me to do. I just knew that I needed it. And the way that I began to do it and go back and listen to my own recording, it was coaching me. When I began to see results and, and better understand my life change for the better. And it's still changing, it's ever changing for the better. And I knew right then and there that this was something that I had to share with the world. I would be doing a great disservice to those who are seeking enlightenment if I had taken this knowledge and the way I've come to understand and put it under a bed or a bushel, like the words say. If I took the light and I hid it, that's what's been done to us for a very long time. See, I put it on a lampstand by speaking about it on this podcast. I stood on the rock by speaking on it through this podcast. I didn't come beat you down, I didn't come hunt you down, I'm not forcing anybody to listen to this. If you find value in what I'm saying, I'm standing on a rock and you are welcome to listen. See, when you know something that can help someone for the better, it's your duty to speak up and speak out on it because you're the way out for somebody. Whether it's your kids, whether it's your mother or father, whether it's your siblings, whether it's a best friend or a neighbor, whether it's a stranger you don't even know watching you, you are the way out for somebody going through a similar thing that you're going through or have been through. See, we're dealing with the expression of the inner self in regards to others. Religion is the manifestation of the divinity already in man. That's Swami. Hmm? I'll say it again. We are dealing with the expression of the inner self in regards to others. Religion is the manifestation of the divinity already in man. The God already in you is just being expressed through these means of religion. See, in the word somewhere it says, do all things without murmuring and disputing. Why is that? 
Right within the Bible, you have answers to help you see that you are the way out of your hell loop. Because that's what you're living in when you're living a life that causes you pain over and over the same way over and over the same thing keep happening in each relationship the same way you get cheated on or you get taken advantage of or you get mistreated or you get abused it just keep happening no matter what different frame the person come in you try white you try spanish you try black and you still end up getting treated the same way it's your hell loop that's for finances that's for anything going on in your life that you do not desire that keeps happening to you and causing you pain causing you uh um you know agony hmm? that's your hell loop hell loop hell is happening right here in your experience you waiting for a fire on, on the other side of things. You're in hell now if you're living like that. Hmm? But it's just a loop in which you're trapped in. And the Bible, and see, right within the Bible, you have answers. Right within the Torah, right within these different books of knowledge, you have the answer to help you see your way out of your hell loop. Right in the music, right in the movies, right here in the podcast, is a way out. But very few will listen until the end of this podcast, and they'll they'll listen in just up to this point, and then go ahead and turn it off and never come back. And, and, and then you have very few that'll watch the movie to the end or actually grasp the concept of. You know their way out from these films or from these books very few listen to the end of this very few listen at all and and honestly i expect more than not many that know me well know me growing up know of me or things of that nature to be the ones that don't listen at all or don't listen to the end because we know how the saying goes prophet is not respected in his own hometown like that you know you go afar and what you're saying matters more than who you were because they just focus on who you are because that's all they know see comp you see it, it's these people though the same ones complaining that it's, it's it's too long or it's too deep for them they can't listen to something like that I know these secret society organizations possess knowledge and understand about this life experience and who we truly are, but they use parables, they use codex, they use symbolism, they use misinterpretations to mislead those who uh, start sniffing around for the truth, for the way out. But they don't have the patience, they don't have the faith to keep seeking until they unravel the truth. Napoleon Hill wrote in one of his book, I believe, The 16 Laws of Success, that, uh, you know, when he, or actually, not The 16 Laws, it was the uh, Think and Grow Rich, where he interviewed hundreds of uh, mega successful guys from Ford and Andrew Carnegie, all these guys uh, in his time, uh, some of the wealthiest men in the world at that time, and a lot of the, the secret society, the organizations, uh, you know, these guys really do have their groups 
got upset with him and called him in and uh, had a meeting with him and was very upset about the book that he released about this information of uh, how things work with the thinking mind, the metaphysical and things of these nature. And, uh, but they quickly let it go. They, they, they first was removing the original one from the shelf and da 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 da. But they, at some point, they let it go. And you can still get it to this day. And why is that? Because he found that even though people will read it, people will know about it, very few will actually do anything about it. So it didn't even matter if you ran into the way out. So most people will never go, even though they know. That's real sad. And that has to stop. So understand this. Do all things without beating yourself to do it because it's it's only going to make you procrastinate further or without fighting or without fussing with others because you already beat yourself out of doing what needs to be done. Do all things without arguing and complaining. This puts a brick wall in front of the way out. Hmm? Judges says the manner in which he is arguing it is not the thing. It is the principle he is deciding. See, when people get into, see, because I, I, I know all about that boy. Oh, oh, you know, I got some people that can tell you. I went through it. Not too long ago, I, I just got out of it, but I went through it. You hear me? And I thought, and this is exactly how I thought. I thought that, you know, I'm not arguing. I'm simply uh, defending the principle that I stand for. Hmm? It's the principle. The bottom line is what I'm looking at. I don't care about the details here. I've been in a, a marriage where I was arguing about uh, the size of a bottle pencils goofy stuff and you say well what in the world is all this about a pencil the size of a bottle come on guys I mean full out blown hours of yelling and screaming and going back and forth never concluding nothing And but in my mind I wasn't arguing that wasn't a thing. It was the principle of what was taking place. The disrespect, like I, the, the beliefs I had was, was, you know, I felt like things should be done this way. Or I felt like, you know, my principles were being attacked is what I felt. But I didn't realize that regardless, it was leading me to do something that was putting bricks in front of my exit. My way out of a, a relationship in which you don't get along in that matter. My way out of that financial uh, burden, my way out of that spiritual downside. I was built, I, every time I argued, I was putting a, another brick in front of that exit. Every time I fussed and complained about something, I'm putting another brick in front of my exit. Hmm? 
I know how it felt to come off as argumentative when I felt offended. So I had to ask myself, what was it that I was believing that allowed me to feel offended in the first place? So while as a bystander, you may hear some fussing going on, or my neighbors might have heard some fussing going on, my family might have seen the fussing going on, in my mind, I'm simply clearing up what appears to be disrespectful toward me. Not necessarily about the situation, but the principle. But that was my excuse. That, that's what allowed me to say, well, this is rightfully so the right response. To stand my, this is me standing my ground. This is not me being difficult. This is me saying, hey, uh-uh. We're not going to do that. Not with me. I don't believe in that. But see, as a result, it allowed me to do something that was working against myself. It was covering my way out. Henceforth, you get stuck in your hell loop. Hmm? Do you understand? So, with that being said, while defending the principle of respect, I lose more of it because I'm trying to gain it in a manner in which it cannot be found. Oh, do you follow me? I'm trying to gain respect in a way that only causes you to lose more of it. disrespecting somebody else trying to get respect beating it into somebody else's mind trying to get them to come back calm to me it just I was working against myself I was putting bricks in front of the way out I'm using myself as an example because it's the truth and I know that somebody else can relate See, I'm, I'm not here to point you out. I'm here to show you by me what we should and shouldn't do because I know personally. That's the beautiful thing about this. You can run this back to anybody that knows me. And it won't be no situation where, oh, well, he's saying this, but, you know, I talked to somebody, I talked to a mama, I, I talked to his best friend. And this ain't what, you know, he just talking. No, I live this. That's what we're talking about today. I am the way out. If you are, if you can relate to what I'm saying, I'm giving you a way out. Because anything I'm talking about, I've lived it. Ain't no sneaking me with this. This is what I, I know personally. Understand what I'm saying? But don't iron your work uniform Sunday night complaining amongst yourself about going to work in the morning do you follow me don't come home arguing with your spouse and what i meant about the uniform on sunday night is you going to work anyway monday right you're not gonna call out are you you're not gonna quit are you if you're not then what's the point of there is never a a there's never 
a good explanation for complaining. There's no, there's no use of complaining. See, there's some things that we can just do away with. Because for one, you're like, well, I don't like my job. Are you going to quit? Yes, I'm going to quit. No point in talking about what you don't like. Just quit. There's no use for complaining. And they said, oh, well, I, I don't like my job. Are you going to quit? No, there's no point in talking about what you don't like. You're not going to quit. You're not going to get another one. You're not, you're not going to do anything. You're going to go in there and do the same thing you've been doing for 11 years. So you might as well do it happily. Because if you're in that much pain and in that much toil at this job, then do something about it. But there's no need. There's never no uh, leeway to say, all right, well, I can see why you complain. And no, absolutely not. Complaining is useless. Because hmm? you're going on Monday morning and don't come home arguing with your spouse. See, your life results is yours. Or, or shall I say it in the, the correct term? Your life results are yours. And they're yours alone. I got to let that sit in because a lot of people are not. I need that to make sense. Accountability. Your life results are yours. Where you are today, where you've been yesterday, where you're going tomorrow, that's on you. And you alone, not your kids, not your mama, not your teacher, not the evil society. None of that. Nobody's sharing your results. It's just yours. Alone. And complaining about that job won't get you a better one. Complaining about your relationship won't get you a better one. Fighting with your spouse won't bring about no peace in the household. There is no point in that when you're trying to get to one if you're doing things with no no you know no end no reason then sure have at it but if you actually want to get some results and can get somewhere complaining and fussing I know personally gets you nowhere I did six years of it and it did nothing in a result of changing it it got me stuck in a hell loop. See, you want to get out of your misery. Hmm? You want to get out of your misery today? You need to be the way out. Because nobody's coming to rescue you. Understand that. See, we confuse arguing and complaining as the right thing to do if somebody gets on your nerves enough. They say, well, listen. <laughs> You, you, you see it as standing up for yourself. Therefore, it's justified in your mind because you say, hey, I'm nice, but I'm nobody's pushover. You're not going to keep on talking to me crazy. I'm a Christian, but I'll tell you about yourself and your mama. I curse you out and then pray about it later. That's the mindset of most people. But all you're doing is letting it be known that you're discontent with the area in your life or your life altogether and you feel the need to let it be known in this manner. That's really what's happening. That's really what was going on with me 
in the most that was the best way to explain my life at that point i was discontent i was dissatisfied and as a result of that dissatisfaction of that discontent it was showing in my fussing it was showing in my complaining it was showing through these outlets but see if you didn't know any better you'd be confused as to thinking what the details of the arguments was about was really the problem and it never was I was discontent with that area in my life and I needed to let it be known that I was discontent and my way of doing so was complaining and fussing we act as though we gonna do something different this time if things don't change or I'm out of here I'm leaving if this don't change or uh, you know uh, uh, I'm going to quit this job if this don't change. They don't give me a raise. But the problem with fussing and complaining when you ain't going to do nothing about the problem. Everybody and their mama know you're not going to do nothing about what you fussing and complaining about. Because you're going about it in the same manner. You get mad. You throw around some furniture. You storm out of the house or you storm off the job and you, or, you know, you show up late or you leave early. You sit in your car calling for all kinds of curses. You sound like you're speaking an ancient tongue language the way you out there cussing up something in that car. You may even call. Uh, let me tell you something. You may, be, you may even go as far as to call your friend to tell them this is it today. I, I, I had enough. I've had enough. They done pushed me over the top. You know what they did at my job today? Hmm? I had enough. You know what that woman said to me? I've had enough. You know what this man did to me? Even if they know you're not going anywhere, they listen and you don't. You don't go anywhere. Hmm? If you don't believe me, be adult enough, be mature enough to really sit down with the people you'd be spilling to and ask them, did you really feel like I was ever going to quit? Did you really feel like I was ever going to leave him or her? They'll tell you the truth. A lot of the time we step back and we look at how we are overreacting to the situation. We realize the problem is it's the truth and it hurts to face. A lot of the times I was screaming at the top of my lungs and saying all the stuff I was saying it had a lot of truth to it came out real harsh came out real fussy and complaining but the reality is as I was saying these things I was I was also thinking in my head like man I hear myself see if you if you talk loud enough and you talk long enough I'm hoping at some point you'll hear yourself because that's where the real uh, resolution comes when you hear yourself listen to yourself I heard myself talking and I said in the midst of me talking and I'm in my head I'm just like man wow 
I'm sitting here complaining to her or to to this to my life circumstances of spilling this out on everybody else around me. And the reality is I'm my own problem. I'm not dealing with me. I'm taking it out through arguing and fussing with everybody else and they the reason why I ain't drop a uh, drop a mixtape yet. They the reason y'all holding me up. When I was in jail, I was able to write 50 songs in two months. Uh, 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 you know, so that proved everybody else is the problem. When the reality was, I was overreacting to a situation because I realized the problem. I realized that I was the problem. I realized the way I seen everything that was happening to me was the truth and it was the problem. And it hurt to face it. So arguing has become your knee-jerk defense mechanism to protect your feelings. Follow me. This is your defense mechanism. Well, this is a lot of people's defense mechanism. Rather than dealing with the hurt, it's easier to just be deflective instead of reflective. Either way, it's not the way we get out of the circumstances that are holding us back. It's not the way out. We have to have appropriate tempers and appropriate behavior. appropriate tempers and appropriate behavior we will be put to the test continuously on our journeys of life continuously and if you are not well tempered and you're not well behaved you will trap yourself in a hell loop so you need to do what needs to be done and do not find fault with what needs to be done. Because it needs to be done. So ain't no point of finding fault with it. You need to get a divorce. You need to um, quit giving out all your money and save it. Or you need to uh, eat healthy. Ain't no need in trying to find fault in what you need to do. It's a need, not a want. See, I read in a book called Asking It Is Given where it says, if you're finding fault with yourself or another, you are in that moment offering a vibration that does not match who you really are. And that negative emotion you feel is your indicator that you have introduced a vibration of resistance and that you are no longer in the state of allowing your pure connection between the physical you and the non-physical part of you. You have caused segregation within yourself. And when you are out of line like that, your life cannot go the way that you desire. Henceforth, you are blocking your way out of the thing that you do not desire. You're, you only hurt yourself when you find fault in what needs to be done. Or when you find fault in yourself that says it can't be done. Or, or when you find fault in someone else to avoid the fact that what needs to be done still needs to be done. You stall it.
some things that need to be done even though it goes towards us having the life we truly desire uh, uh, even though it goes towards us having that peace we've always desired that happiness we've always desired it doesn't make it any easier when it's something we just don't want to do but it needs to be done some people are confused to thinking that just because you had a relationship of your dreams that the things that need to be done is going to be easy or, or to have the financial uh, freedom that you desire the things that need to be done to get there it's going to be easy because no matter how hard it is you desire it that much no 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 not at all don't 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 trick yourself like that I don't care how much you want it I don't care how great it's going to be it's there's still some things that need to be done that you just will not feel like doing. You just, I don't want to do it. But don't find fault in it because it needs to be done. Understand. And if it needs to be done, it has to get done anyway. So there ain't no point of complaining and fussing about it. Hmm? You only hurt yourself. Or when you find fault in yourself that says it can't be done, or you, you're hurting yourself. Hmm? You're not going to like doing everything that needs to be done, but get it done without complaint or fussing. Do you follow me? This is the way out. You must learn how to forgive. Oh, some people tighten up when you say that word, but you will not always want to forgive. I, I understand that. I totally get that. You will not always want to. Some people feel uh, convicted or feel evil because they don't want to forgive sometimes. And they're like, well, I know that ain't right. That ain't the Christian way. That ain't the godly way. That ain't the, you know, bigger man way. I, 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 I can't help it. I just don't want to forgive some people or some things you won't always want to forgive but if you look at it in the wrong way that's how you're going to feel I don't want to forgive there's no way I'm forgiving that I will never forgive the murderer of my of my uh, loved one I'll, I'll never forgive the, the woman that you know took advantage of me I help her build herself up from nothing or that man I helped build up from nothing and they just left me. I'll never forgive that betrayal. I'll never forgive the way my mama treated me or allowed someone to, to mess with me in the household, whatever it was. If you're looking at it the wrong way, you will feel like you don't want to forgive and you most likely won't as long as you see it that way. But you must say some things. Now, you may, you, you, because I mean, you may say some things are unforgivable, <clears throat> right? <clears throat> Maybe even unforgettable, but definitely always forgivable. You don't have to forget, and, and chances are you never will forget, but you can forgive. See, in the Bible, it says, forgive thy neighbor the hurt that he hath done unto thee. So shall thy sins also be forgiven when thou prayest. 
Understand that forgiveness is a way to set up an emergency fund for yourself later because there will come a time where you need to be forgiven by God. I don't know about you, but I much rather get something good out of something that needs to be done because you have to go through it anyway. So you might as well get something out of it that benefits you. Hmm? See, commands were made to be obeyed, not disputed. Do you follow? Stop trying to be somebody's bad karma. You, you, you think, yo, you know, you have some people that really think they are karma. Maybe you are, but you should never address yourself as that. You should never manually put yourself in a place. That's revenge. That's not karma. Hmm? Stop trying to be somebody's bad karma. And do your part in what needs to be done without complaining and without fussing and without arguing. The light of truth gets lost in the midst of arguing and it becomes an emotional slapping match. I know personally. We find ourselves not knowing how to separate business from personal and end up making great personal decisions, but terrible business decisions. I know that all too well. You get involved with somebody on a, on a personal relationship level and then decide you're going to go into business with them. It don't work out personally or it may not work out on the business side. It is going, it's going to affect the personal side. And if it don't work out on the personal side, it's going to affect the business side because your decisions are clouded because there were two different types of ways that you were dealing with one another that should never be intertwined as one way. Business is business. Personal is personal. Hmm? What I observe will cause my own valuable personal preferences to be born. What I observe will cause my own valuable personal preferences to be born. It's all about the way you observe what is going on in your life. Don't let your personal feelings keep you from completing the goal at hand. Understand. Now a person must attain insight. Now I believe uh, people who live out away from the city and all the distractions of technology have considerable perceptiveness. But it's not enough to have a clear or deep perception of a situation. One must express it. Hmm? Sometimes it's good to get away from the distractions in order to get your mind right. But that's not enough to get your mind right. You, you, you also have to have a clear and deep perception of what is taking place. And you must express it. And fussing and complaining and arguing is not the way to express your deep and clear perception. Because that shows you do not have a deep and clear perception of what is taking place in your life. 
when you continue to be a victim and it's everybody else's fault that that you know you hurting and you acting bitter and you going to clubs half naked well completely naked because when we can see through and see everything literally through your clothes that's not clothes to me but you're doing all this saying you made me this way you hurt me so this is me acting it out the only way it's ever going to be fixed is you gotta fix it no 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 it's our duty to our fellow sojourners to express this understanding in whatever unique way fits into who you are but keeping it to ourselves away from those who desire it is a great disservice Somebody dealing with their situations off of being a victim needs to hear what I know. Because maybe they truly think being a victim is somehow going to get them where they desire, but they don't understand that it won't. And if I know it won't and I don't say nothing, I'm doing them a great disservice. Philippians 2 and 15 says that ye may be blameless and harmless. The sons of God without rebuke. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Let me break that down. Blame gives you a feeling of relief from anger. That's what blame does. You're very angry about what just happened. You're angry about the breakup and how it went. You're angry about your job and, and, and where you desire to be this far in your life. And you just looked up and saw people that you grew up with getting their first house and getting married and making a good amount of money and having beautiful children. You're angry. So the easiest way to get from that anger, because you don't like how it feels, because you don't want to mess around and do something crazy. So you say the next best thing is to blame. To make yourself feel better or relief from being angry. So you shift some of that anger off on you through blame. So it's easy to see why we would refer to it. Especially when it's placed on others. Because it helps us escape. We think it's a way out. From dealing with the anger. We would have to direct towards ourselves because you're really just mad with you but see you got to live with you every day so you figure being mad with you it's not you know being mad with you don't get nowhere and you feel like blaming someone else gets you somewhere because it puts you out of the hot seat say I know I'm not the problem we don't operate in a mindset of harming others those who are enlightened, those who know better. We don't operate in a malice mindset. Or do we? Well, see, if you were thinking about it the wrong way, there was a time and once where I absolutely operated in a malice mindset of harming others. Oh, yes. I'm going to put these put these paws on somebody. Take them, like my, like, like my uncle said, take them around the back. <laughs> oh, yeah, Absolutely. But when you understand, when you get that, when you get that, that mind, when you get that mind right, when you get that enlightenment, when you understand, when you understand what you put out, you get back tenfold in return. 
When you understand these things, imagine when you have the harm of others in mind. You're walking around representing the occurrence of a change for the worse. We should endeavor to apply these traits to our character so much to the point where people who know you or know of you wouldn't believe if someone said you were to blame or that you chew people out. If you desire to be that man or woman and which keep it cool, that don't stoop to the level of people that they do not want to be like, then you should walk in that way and believe so and act on it so much to the point where people who didn't know you before would never believe someone said that you once chewed people out or cursed people out or that you were to blame for a lot of things that weren't good. They should look at and say, oh, there ain't no way. Like they do when, you know, when something happened, uh, you know, say a guy when the house went crazy, shot his girlfriend and shot the man that would cheat. And the neighbor said, I would have never imagined he was such a nice guy. So when I mean, he talked to me every morning, he helped me put uh, some heavy furniture on him and didn't ask for no money. It's such a wonderful guy. I always had good stuff to say. I just, you never know what makes somebody crack. You're going to be put to the test by your old habits. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand. You are not going to be able to just walk, waltz on out of here and say, well, yeah, uh, tired of living in the hood. It's time to go on to the Beverly Hills. No, sir. Absolutely not. <laughs> not at all. Your old habits is not having it. Your old habits are not just going to let you stroll right on out into the light of your new programming. It's a uh, no, sir. No, ma'am. It don't work like that. We must be sincere without offense till the day of Christ. Oh, somebody didn't pay attention when I opened up this podcast. I told you this ain't a Christianity thing. This ain't a Muslim. This is not a religion thing. This is a truth thing. And I'm explaining the truth through the way that I grew up. Just because it's the easiest illustration for me. So when I say to the day of Christ, understand and follow. Be patient. Don't run away. If you truly desire the truth, let me give me stay with me. Let, let me just put it that way. When I say something that might throw you off a little bit and make you think it's something that it's not. I'm going to go ahead and just say, stay with me because I'm going to explain. But we must be sincere without offense to the day of Christ. What am I saying? When the Christ within, the Christ within is a penal gland. This can be found in the physical. But it rep what you can find in the physical represents what was happening in the metaphysical and the spiritual. So the Christ within is uh, another name for the penal gland. It's an almond-shaped thing within the brain called the penal gland. Now, the penal gland is like a transmitter of your vibrations. And once this is uh, opened in a spiritual sense, in a metaphysical sense, it releases that God consciousness within you. 
what some call the third eye. When the Christ within comes to us and opens up the God consciousness, we must be without we must be without offense and we must be sincere until this happens, which some may call receiving the Holy Spirit. In Christianity, that's what they would call the Holy Spirit, the God consciousness. This is the way out from the life that you are living. This is the way out from that life that just doesn't complete you. Somebody say, yeah, you need the Holy Ghost. Yeah, you need that God consciousness, whatever you want to call it. It's a real thing. Simply being open and genuine in all things until this God consciousness is released within you. It will take over. It will teach you. It will talk to you. It will guide you. We are to be sons of God. We truly are. This is our natural state of being. We can choose to be sons of men by refusing to honor the things of the spirit over the things of the flesh. We do have that choice. They feed the five senses first. The, the, the son of man, they, they feed the five senses first, which makes the spirit weak. If our goals and desires lead us to satisfying the urges and the lusts of the flesh, then we have chosen to be sons of men. But if we suffer the flesh, if we abstain from the urges of the flesh, the desire to hurt somebody, the desire to, um, you know, do things that aren't so great, the desire to complain, the desire to uh, fuss, the desire to wear certain things because it satisfies the fleshly body, it satisfies the carnal mind. The more we begin to please the urges of the flesh and not feed the spirit, the more we choose the life of merely sons of men, merely uh, skin vessels in this earthly spacesuit. And we think that we are the skin. We think that we are this, these organs. Then we will live like it and we will be limited to the ability of the physical. But if we suffer the flesh, if we abstain from the urges of the flesh and we feed the spirit, it makes the spirit strong, then we will be who we are and have been from the beginning, sons of God, the source energy, the one that made everything possible, that energy. Now, some may not like this because it's coming from you know uh, Gnostics beliefs but like I said all these religions all these they just putting titles and categories on things let me tell you something that all has a piece of this one book that we all need to read from do not limit yourself and your way out because you won't allow yourself to really find truth not what was handed to you but what you discovered so I'll speak on this momos 
Momos was the god or personified spirit or demon of mockery. Okay. Momos was the uh, uh, a demon of mockery, of, of blame, of ridicule, scorn, complaint, and harsh criticism. This is Momos. You find yourself dwelling in Momos where you're, you're blaming, you're ridiculing, you're scorning, you're complaining, you're harsh, with, you, know, you, you give harsh criticism. Momos is, 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 is uh, in your presence. But even then, understanding that Momos was expelled by Zeus from heaven from, uh, for ridiculing the gods. Because that's what Momos does. So the idea here is to live a life so true to self that even the people that are professional blamers like Momos, who are professional ridiculers or criticizers, even they find no blame with you or no complaint in you. That's not something that happens overnight, but you've got to be willing to continue to try and fight to live and be this person. There is a way out, but you've got to fight. There's no justifying reacting harshly. There's no justifying fussing and complaining. There's none. Well, she wouldn't shut her big mouth, so I gave her a piece of my mind that ought to do it. Did it? Because you find yourself giving her a piece of your mind every day. Obviously, that ain't the way. We need to operate in our godliness, no matter the circumstances that we may be found blameless. In, and then we can be the way out of the life we aren't proud of. You're your own rescue team that refuses to come rescue yourself. It's okay to have a deeper and clearer understanding than your neighbor. But it does not give you the right to go around fist feeding people information or annoying people on their uh, 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 timelines and uh, on their post or annoying people with the knowledge you now have. Because if they feel this way about what you are saying, chances are they didn't ask you for it. If they're annoyed by you, chances are they didn't come seek for your answers. We're not to bully people into being their own way out. They need to see that they are. It needs to be a benefit. See, one thing I learned from a brilliant man, Mr. Muhammad, uh, that I, I, I used to work with. And he was a mentor. Brilliant man. He said... He had a, a services we used to sell, or you would think that we were selling. But he said, you know what, the way I look at it is, I don't sell anything. I simply provide, uh, I simply provide information that you may, that you either see the benefit of having or you don't. But I don't sell anything. He said, if you see it as a bill, our conversation is done. You see the subscription or you see that as, as <clears throat> some kind of sacrifice you don't want to have to do. But you got to do it. We're done. 
That's the same thing with this podcast. See, I'm not going to bully you into listening to me. I'm not going to bully you into understanding that you are the way out. Absolutely not. I've done this to myself. I've, I've recorded and listened to myself for years. Really with no intent of sharing it with anybody else. But I understood the importance of it as I went. You know, I used to talk about, I, I, I seen, you know, our Facebook will remind you of what kind of mess you was talking about, you know, years ago, just what kind of mindset you was on versus now. And I think it's pretty cool. But I realized that, you know, after seeing a post 10 years ago, I was talking about my music being on the way and, you know, I was getting people pumped up and I seen the reactions of people. And as it kept happening over the years, every few years or so, you know, another oh, a song coming, there was less and less response, less and less comments, less and less uh, engagement. Ten years. Talking about something on the way, something on the way. Instead of just doing it and letting the music speak for me. The music was always there. I wasn't lying. But I, my, the actions versus what I was saying wasn't matching up. Say music on the way, but it never comes. How far away is it? Because it's been 10 years. This guy, you understand what I'm saying? Get excited about what you're about to do. That's okay. Hmm? That's fine to be excited about what you're about to do or, or doing. That's cool. Just do it and keep doing it. Consistency. People people see what you're doing. People know what's going on more than you may think. Ain't no need to, to, to get them all hyped up by, by saying, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. No, just do it. Just do it. And they will catch on because that's what people do. People have been watching me drop beats on, on Instagram. I was inconsistent big time. So, you know, I drop a beat every few months, once a month, whole year, just one beat per month. But I got hundreds and thousands of beats on my hard drive. Inconsistent, but I knew what I had. I knew, I knew, but they didn't know. They were just watching, watching. Okay, once, every once in a while, ain't not that serious. But if you... As I start to pick it up, start dropping more, dropping more, you see, all of a sudden, it's like they came out of the woodworks. Where were these people? Nobody said nothing before. Well, they were watching. Even one told me, said, man, you know, I've been watching. I'm just waiting for that one, that one I know you're going to do it, that one that's going to hit for me, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm watching. They let you know they're watching. People watching the consistency. They want to see how you respond. Hmm? Are you for real? Are you the way? Can you show them how to be their way out? But if you're not consistent and if you're not serious, then you, you rob people. Hmm? So it's okay to get excited about what you're, do, what you're about to do or what you found out that's brand new. I know you want to share it with your people, but just do it and keep doing it. People start to ask questions. People will reach out for the most part. Then you can talk to them about it. See, I, I, I'm spreading this alignment. Uh, I'm spreading this enlightenment through a podcast. I didn't come knock at your door. And 
I didn't come run you down on Facebook and spam you. If you want to know more, I will tell you more when you get the views up. Because that's the way I'm going to do this. You want to know more? Show me you want to know more. I will give you. I will be here and I will give it to you. That tells me you're interested in knowing more. I'm not going to bully you into anything. I'm not going to annoy you into anything. Y'all want to hear more of this? Run the views up on this. Share it. Uh, save it. Uh, whatever you can that shows the algorithm, that shows me that you're interested in this and you want it to keep going because I got plenty of it. Let your conversations speak for who you are. Hmm? Let that speak for who you are. See, Psalms 50 and 23 says, To him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. We shouldn't just be talking out the side of our mouth. Do you follow me? Conversation is important to the point where there's a right way to arrange your words. It's that serious. And believe me, I know about just talking out the side of my mouth because, boy, I get to feeling some kind of way. And I would just, you know, saying whatever, all kind of way. Multiple times I'd be serious about what I'm saying, but I'd be talking so crazy out the side of my mouth that people really be, even a person I'm talking to or addressing might end up laughing or giggling a little bit because I get to talking so crazy. I, I, I struggled with that. But then you, you understand the importance of your words to the point where the way you arrange them makes a difference. We're shaped by the thoughts of others. Not just by the words. We're shaped by the thoughts of others. By what we hear in conversation, what we read in books. These are other people's thoughts and we get shaped by them. What we see on TV, on social media, what we hear in the movies, on the radio, even by chance, remarks from people just talking out loud in public. It begins to shape you. That's why it's so important to be careful of the environment you're in versus where you want to be. Because chances are, if you are, are not happy and you're looking for this way out, of whatever it is you're not satisfied with you're in an environment you're around people you're around events and things that do not line up with where you desire to be and that could be dangerous because these these places the environment it shapes your it shapes you the conversations shape you the the you know the people that you're randomly around on an everyday basis the conversations they have out loud in the public it is doing something to you Whenever you have consistently focused upon a subject, causing a consistent vibrational activation of it within you, it becomes a practice or dominant thought. It becomes a practiced or dominant thought. This is you constantly throughout the day every day focus upon a subject 
whether you're trying to consciously or unconsciously, this is taking place. And it's causing a consistent vibrational activation of it within you, of whatever you have your mind on more than anything else. Regardless of if it's what you don't want or do want, it becomes a practiced or dominant thought. And in that position, once that happens, things match it. And the things that match it will begin to manifest around your dominant thought. So you can then begin to see why your life is or where you are today, what you had been thinking about in the past that has manifested today. For some, it's a little bit of what you want, and a little bit of what you don't want, or a lot of what you want and a lot of what you don't want. For some, it's a lot of what you don't want and a little bit of what you want, regardless of how it turned out. It's a result of this focusing, whether you're trying to do it or you're not, it's taking place. And as a result, your life is what it is today. Now, if you're looking for a way out of uh whatever is causing you distress or whatever is causing you, uh, you know, discontent in your life. You may not say not every area of your life is this way, but whatever is that last piece that you want to get rid of that discontentment in, then you can see that as the result of getting rid of that is what you're focusing on that may be causing that discontent. See, in the same way that you're earlier thought was joined by other thoughts that matched it now things that match your dominant thought will begin to show up in your experience understand so what we're talking about with how your mind is shaped through conversations and books and social media and things of that nature this falls along the lines of what is matching your dominant thought will begin to show up in your experience magazine articles that you may be reading online or, or, or the physical copy of newspapers the news on TV conversations with friends personal observations that you are taking and in, in, in storing it as a belief in your system uh, the attraction process will become very apparent what you're attracting, the, the, the men that you are attracting for a relationship, the women that you are attracting for a relationship, the money uh, situations that you're attracting, whether you're coming up without a job or getting a job that ain't nothing, ain't got no benefits, ain't worth nothing, but it's something to do. You're attracting this. You have attracted this according to your thinking process. Hmm? And it's become apparent. Once your focused attention has sufficiently activated a dominant vibration within you, things that are wanted or unwanted will begin to make their way into your personal experience. This is spiritual law. Do you understand? Because today we're talking about a way out. And one of the ways to get out is to understand how you got in. And this is how you got in. Your thinking. If you are claiming in your conversation to be a queen, which we hear this all the time. Oh, queen. Come on, queen. Uh, uh, yeah, we queen, queen. Then at least understand what that means before you put it in your conversation. Do you follow me? What queen have you ever heard about 
that walk around half naked. Do you follow me? What queen have you ever, Esther, what anybody, what queen, Elizabeth, anybody, Mary, it, who do you know that was actually a queen that walk around with their breasts bleeding through their shirts, these visible, invisible dresses on, 35 inch nails, 45 inch long lashes, what queen do you know that display themselves in this way? The queen is a partner of the overall authority, which is the king. She represents power and authority. Nakedness is vulnerability. When a person is naked, they are exposed, meaning left unprotected. When you're in the position of authority, you cannot afford to be left unprotected because there's always an opportunist looking to take the throne. And if the queen is unprotected, guess what? So is the king. Therefore, kings don't look for harlots. They look for queens. They're not after your nakedness. You're exposing to every... That's... Come on. Just make sense of it for a second. Talking to the ladies for a second. Fellas, you can learn something for this, from this as well. But ladies, don't call yourself a queen and then act like a hooker. I'm going to just keep it 1,000. Hmm? Or as you'll learn as I go on in honor of my grandfather who was very frank. I don't know who Frank is, so I say Keitha. He was very uh, truthful without any sugar in it. So instead of Frank, I use Keitha. So I'm just going to keep it Keitha. Don't call yourself a queen and then act like a hooker. Don't call yourself a queen and then act like a beggar amongst peasants. A queen not begging for monetary gain. A queen not showing her precious body off for all of the world to see in order to capture the attention of the people that she desires to admire her. This is the harlot's work, understand. You got to know the difference. If you meant, oh, my bad, I mean queen, I meant harlot. Then it would make sense because what you're doing represents what harlots do. How you're dressing, how you're talking, how you're acting, the songs you're listening to, the things you're into. Yeah, it makes sense now. But you're, mis you're misrepresenting that word queen when you don't follow the definition of it. You try to make something newer. That's not a queen. A queen can't be bought by material things. Her friends are queens. Her friends are lords and ambassadors and people of high interest and importance. She carries herself with the utmost respect. I don't care what you say out your mouth, how you dress, how you act, the moves you make, represent what's going on in your mind, what you really believe. What you say ain't always what you believe. I'm looking at what you really believe. 
There's nothing wrong with wanting to be a queen, ladies. There's nothing wrong with being a queen. But in order to become one, you should know what it consists of first. You don't apply for a job unless you know what the description of it is first. If you get hired to be human resources, and every time a client calls you outside doing security officer job, you can get fired, and you most likely will. Nobody's going to say, all right, HR, that's what I'm talking about out here doing security work too. Woo! You're failing at your job that you were hired for. At least that's what the title says you should be doing. If you want to be security, then apply for security. Nobody going to call you security with the title of HR. It makes no sense. You throw around the word queen in your conversations like it's a free sample at the mall. Somebody was raised to be what you're talking about. It's quite disrespectful. Having to learn how to walk like a queen, talk like a queen, eat like a queen, sit like a queen, even sleep like a queen, dress like a queen. You don't just get to be a queen without the responsibilities it comes with. That's the problem with our society today, especially America. We take what was actually what something was actually meant for and just run around with it like we can just redefine it and it's okay. We do. With the N-word, we do. With tattoos, with piercings, with style in general, uh, we don't know where a lot of this stuff comes from. It's just style to us. We make our own definition of it rather than actually find out what does this really represent? What was this designed for? Conversation is important to understand. And the words that you're using in your conversations is more important to understand. And find the correct word for what you actually mean by what you are saying and understand what you mean before choosing a word to represent it. Easier said than done, I know personally. Still a struggle of mine. But this is what I'm teaching myself. This is what I'm learning, shall I say. Because I'm being taught by those who, other people's experiences and those who are mentors to me. But this is what I'm applying to myself, shall I say. And it's still a struggle because we've been so designed to just freely use words and say things and, oh, I get what you mean. And we never really have to actually know what it means. When you see no benefit in arguing, when you see no benefit in complaining, you will be found blameless unintentionally. That's just law. Understand. If you look at Job 6 and 25, it says, how forcible are the right words? But what do your arguments reprove? How does your arguing help someone to feel guilty for their wrongdoings? 
Hmm? How does it get them to think about what they just did and, and be remorseful about it? Arguing with somebody. You could pretty much hang it up when y'all start screaming that this is going to conclude in some kind of reflection on their behavior. You have people who believe that disagreeing makes them strong. Oh, I'm a strong woman. They can't handle a strong black woman. Absolutely not, ma'am. You think that make you gangster or you think that makes you manly? Or somehow this you being a man standing your grounds by disagreeing. You may argue that you must not really be the, the you know. See, some people will sit there and argue that they must not be really the, the, the creator of their own experience because that's what we believe here. There's in no way I'm the creator of my own experience because I would not have done that to myself. If I was really in control, God is in control. The government is in control. I'm not in control because I would never allow this to be my life. Things would be different. But I have no say so. It's all in the hands of God. They're looking for a way out. But rather than being the way out, they're waiting on somebody to rescue them. Who you spend a lot of a lot of your time with says a lot about your insight. You understand that? There is no true faith. Little is expected but crookedness and perverseness. The more crooked and perverse people are around us on a regular basis, the more it is necessary that we grow stronger and increase in strength to remain blameless. The harder life push at you, the harder you push back. That's the only way to remain blameless and in control of your life experience. If you're in a circumstance which does not match who you desire to be, you must become more of who you desire to be to point in the direction you desire to go. You must be that to the point where God's universe says there must be a mistake here because your energy doesn't match that of your environment. Let me move you. That's what God's universal system does. It responds to frequencies. It's a wait a minute. This environment, this area gives off a certain frequency. Certain type of hurts come from this area and everything that matches these hurts. I connect. It's simple. I don't care uh, the details of it. Whatever frequency come, I'm connecting frequencies. That's it. So it's possible to get out of, to be the way out of your environment, to be a way out of the life that you do not desire by attaching to the one that you do desire and sending off those vibrations. And the only way to do that is to stop responding the way that people in your area and in your life usually respond to these situations. We must fight the temptation to be a product of our environment or to respond to our circumstance like anybody you know would respond.
Now somebody might say if the kids just go to daycare, I can get more done. I can follow my dreams. If if my mom just stopped nagging, I can finally get my own place and 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 you know, if if my girlfriend or boyfriend just support me more, then maybe I would be somewhere with this already. Or 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 maybe if they just respect my alone time to get this business off the ground, I can be great. I know because this was me all day. Throughout the years, this was me. But your circumstances, your circumstance will not stop being your circumstance so you can change it. <laughs> That's just not how this works. Someone will not stop being rich so you can be rich. That's not how this works. It doesn't desire to change. Your circumstance does not desire to change. Your environment does not desire to change. You are going to have to fight. Do you understand? You may have to fight your circumstances. And that's facts. But you don't have to fight each other. Understand. Genesis 13 and 11 says, Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. This was the story of Abraham, or Abram, and Lot. Lot was his nephew, and his father had died, and Abraham had took him in, traveled with him, built with him. They got a lot of wealth and riches as a people traveling alongside Abram and Sarah. But Lot began to grow his own following. Some people start to segregate and follow after the ways of Lot. And, and some people follow ways after Abram. It became disputes. It became conflict between one another. It, they Both of them had grown such a large following that it was becoming a problem. So rather than respond how most people would respond in this situation and start working against each other and going to war with one another, they just, they, they separated themselves from one another. Rather than fight, they just separate. You understand what I'm saying? We got to have this mentality. The people were watching how these men of leadership handled the pressure of their circumstance and they did it in the right way. A way in which the average man wouldn't do it. Egos get involved when you got a lot of people, you got a lot of money and a reputation. Egos get involved generally and they, it gets ugly. But we got to be above that. When you, mis when you misrepresent your words by your actions, you have no idea how many people you have let down. That might have been watching you with hope that if you can make it out, they can too. You are the way out to somebody in a similar struggle as you, believe it or not. You don't always know who, but you are. Your feelings are the representatives of your guidance system. In other words, the way you feel is your true indicator of your alignment with your God 
And if your alignment with your own intentions, both pre-birth and currently, so you're complaining and arguing represent how you feel inside and how you feel. Does it match what you are saying to everyone else? Talking about how you're submissive and how you're a good woman and how this and that and that. Does that really match how you feel inside? Because according to arguing, complaining and fussing, that doesn't match what you're saying. As for me, I learned to trust the judgment of my subconscious mind because it represents the inherited instincts and the acum and the acu um, the accumulate excuse me the accumulation of experience which is technically undefeatable and i'll keep trusting its decisions over any judgment arrived at through passing back and forth and thinking pacing back and forth and and thinking hard. Do you follow me? We live in a time where everybody says this and that and your way of making sure they walk, how they talk is checking their social proof. And that's a lie too. But it looks good. Rather than look rich, try being rich. Rather than looking happy in a marriage, try being happy by yourself first. You are the way out. Hmm? You are your way out. You don't just look like it. Be it. Be the way. When people walk through, um, when, when, when people walk through you, they should come out to the side they desire to be on because you're the exit. Because you decided to be your way out, then they learn by walking through you that they are their way out and truly they can get out. And it's just a, a, a domino effect. But people lose hope when they watch you and you end up being just as trapped as they are, but you look like a way out. It robs them, it's discouraging. Matthew 5 and 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Stay with me. People are always watching each other. So keep that in mind when you claim to be something rather than putting it into work to just be it. Once you learn to be the way out for yourself, and only then you will be able to turn your attention to your own creative power. And while they watch you, you will experience the absolute bliss of watching all manner of things converging to assist you in the creation of your own specific desires. And they too will follow suit. You see, believers should try to recommend themselves to others. But the only way you can do so in complete confidence is to be first that which you recommend. You recommend that our indigenous people uh, start doing business with each other, you do it. 
You say we need more essential business, you, you, you open some. You support some. You start working with each other instead of fighting with each other. You show that just because y'all didn't work out in a relationship don't mean you can't co-parent and keep a healthy, wholesome family for your children to grow up uh, uh, without PTSD or the foolishness between y'all. Show them it can be done. Show it can be done. Be it. You must prove yourself in deed and in truth because hope is on the line. You are an exit for you and you can show others that they are an exit for themselves as well. If you're to claim who you truly are, then make sure you learn how to represent that properly. Like Bow Wow used to say, represent that. You get what I'm saying? Represent that. It's not enough to talk about it. Represent it in your actions. What you talk about makes more sense when people already see it in your actions. I talk about being a rapper. It makes sense when they can go look me up and see, even if I don't have hundreds and thousands of followers, if they can just type it. What's your rap name? Quell the music. Okay. Can I go find anything on Instagram that shows me that Quell the Music is a rapper? Is there any videos? Is there any songs up? Is there, can I find a song on any platform or can I go on Spotify and put your name in? It, it, is there any way I can follow this up and see the evidence of this for myself other than you just telling me? We ought to be sincere, holding forth the word of life. And I'm telling you that any enlightened person who is sincere with themselves can reach any goals they truly and honestly desire. Any of them. You can think it, you can do it. Being that kind of person, you then become an exit to the rest of the people looking at you and your achievements and your potential for more. The gospel is called the word of life because it reveals and proposes to us eternal life, which is true and is it's a true form through the Christ within. Stay with me. Life and immorality are brought to light by the gospel. Stay with me. And the gospel is not what you think it is. Do you follow? Maybe not. Let me explain. Gospel means the teaching or revelation of Christ. You say, okay, that's pretty much what I think about when I hear gospel. So what are you saying? We need to be conscious of words and their meaning. Well, according to the meaning gospel revelation christ kind of knew that already where are you going with this well i'm glad you asked you see you hear christ and you think jesus you think physical man you think earthly you think fairy tale 
The gospel was explaining that you are the Christ. If you choose to walk in the way of the Christ, to release the Christ within, the Christ is within you. As I've explained, the penal gland is the Christ within. It is the key to connecting with the Father. It is the transmitter of your vibrations. So it transmitted properly through the God consciousness and it opens that eye. It opens that Christ. It releases that spirit of the Holy Ghost. That God consciousness to guide you above the typical man's conscious thinking to deal with situations, whatever. It's our job when enlightened with the truth to stay strong against temptation and circumstance. You learn to accept the responsibility that comes with knowing better. We should desire to be the kind of person that leaves a place or a person better than we found it or them. Whether you know it or not, what's going on inside you finds a way to express itself outside you. So it's not enough to say that you're gods and goddesses, but don't represent that in your conversation. Mrs. or Miss Goddess or Mr. God. Talking crazy in your conversation, dressing like a hooker. If that's a goddess. Gods. You're God. Hmm? Do you carry yourself like that? No, 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 Sir. no. Pants tighter than your girlfriend. <laughs> That's your preference. But the way you carry yourself, does it really represent what you say that you are? You carry yourself like a peasant or a lowlife or a harlot, but you're godly, right? I'm not judging you. I'm stating facts. Because when we go back to the represent, what is a harlot? These are facts that can be traced back. You can go back and look up a harlot, look, look up a what they call a thot or a whore today. But true definition, harlot or whore, look at what they dress like. The acts they commit. And tell me, am I being judgmental or I'm stating facts? A low life, a peasant. Look at the definition and see if I'm being judgmental or am I stating facts. With all that said, we must be unashamed. We should never hide our interest in the spiritual enlightenment because somebody that sees you make a mistake might call you a hypocrite or whatever. Or somebody that knew how you was yesterday or an hour ago might say you're a hypocrite. I might say, oh man, you ain't all, you ain't, you ain't none of that stuff you talking about, man. You just cut somebody out in traffic yesterday. Every day is a new day. Do not be discouraged. Do not be ashamed of your mistakes. 
to the point where you say, well, I, I, I don't need to speak out on what I know, although it's the truth, because I, I, I slipped up and cussed somebody out yesterday. I need to sit down somewhere. What you do need to do is just make it clear in your principles of life that no matter what, there's no need to be harsh. There's no need to fuss. There's no need to complain. Don't allow the fear of people's judgment. Of people, uh, don't allow uh, the, the circumstance or the temptation to alter your belief. When you run into the temptations that require you to respond in a way that is impulsive to what you knew then versus what you know now, never be harsh or accusatory. Sometimes people don't even know they testing your gangster. <laughs> it's not intentional. They say, well, you know what? I've had that happen multiple times, especially with this. I think it's a real close walk with being vegan. You know, walking into the alkalinity at some point, but going through the veganism away from the meat and the dairy and the bad ingredients and things of that nature, people test your gangster all the time. I'm just using that term because, you know, people are familiar with that. But basically that you're being tried. Right? And it's not intentional all the time. Sometimes people just say, like I was at work and, uh, you know, a guy, uh, you know, he said, okay, um, we were having a cookout for the company and, uh, <clears throat> you know, the guys wanted to buy a leadership, uh, you know, guys, they wanted to buy, you know, things, and, you know, it was just a little surprise, but they went out and they got hot dogs and hamburgers and, uh, you know, uh, cookies and cakes. And I mean, I mean, it was nice. It was, it was very nice. And as always, it smelled good and things of that nature. I'll never sit here and tell you, oh, yeah, that smelled terrible. Ugh. I'd be lying to myself and you, mainly to myself. Because the reality is, yeah, it smells great. This smells wonderful. But what turns my stomach is knowing what it actually does to my body. And I know that no matter after I get through enjoying that wonderful taste, it starts working against my body and I don't like it. I don't like it. So yeah, smells great. See you later. So with that being the case, <clears throat> a guy comes to me and he says, young man, he says, um, I was looking at the hot dogs. I said, oh, y'all got hot dogs. Okay, that's cool. He said, man, go on here and try to, he's like, go on here and get this hot dog, man. He's like, no, you're hungry. I said, no, I, you know, I, I bought my own lunch. You know, it's like, man, go in there and get you something, man. You know, stop being inside this and that. I let him know I don't I don't eat that. But he still, every once in a while, you want this cookie? You want this? Because people, you know, they would test this. Well, what is this really about? It makes them ask questions. and make them get curious when you answer, but you don't be harsh because you feel like, oh, man, well, you know, Oh, I, you just stick some meat in my face and I told you I'm vegan like you know you get all offended and there's no need to be harsh we don't need to respond harshly just say that's okay or no thank you and you you stick to it 
You be firm. You can be calm about it. You can be polite about it, but be firm. Who we are on the inside can never be controlled by the outside. So don't sit here and tell me you don't curse, but then when you when somebody push you hard enough, you cursing. They can't push something that's not in you. So if you're talking crazy, it's because that's what you still need to work on on the inside. You need to see the benefit in this for you, not for anyone else, but for you. Because of your exposure to your specific experience, which causes your specific desire to be formulated within you. And because God hears and answers your request, God's universal system does this automatically. That's why you need to do this for you, not no one else. See, stand true to your beliefs without being harsh to someone for tempting you to turn away from it will strike up curiosity in people. He began to ask questions after I politely turned it down multiple times. He said, what's the point of it? Ain't nothing different happened. And I said, yeah, absolutely. I used to suffer from crazy migraines. And I, it, I, it, it got scary at a point where I was going to the hospital numerous, numerous occasions. Started for, even from middle school, when it first started, got bad like that for me. I didn't know what was happening to me. I couldn't see, couldn't open my eyes. I was, it was a horrible, I was nauseous. It was, it was so, it was horrible. I, I never felt that way before. So I, I couldn't understand what was happening to me. It's scared. See, when we don't understand something that is happening to us that don't feel good, it scares us. Sometimes it scares us into submission to things that we don't desire in order to get the false sense of security from what we feel is harming us but we are unaware of. Hmm? It scared me. When in that ambulance and, I, I, you know, the things become coming. I hope it's not a, a brain tumor or aneurysm. I, I hope it's because my mom told me about my cousin that had, uh, you know, some rupture in his head. You know, he used to get headaches. I, I, you start to wonder. You, you're scared. You're like, well, what's happening to me? And the doctors can't explain it. I said, well, well, what happened? They trying to figure out what happened. You telling them, well, it could be this and it could be that. We don't know for sure. We did an MRI. We, uh, we don't see anything. There's no tumors, which is a blessing. There's no crazy aneurysm. There's nothing going on. We, we're not sure. Maybe you're allergic to something. You're going to, after a while of going to the hospital and, 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 and no answers, getting medication, migraine medication, it just made it worse. It made it absolutely worse. Oh my goodness! Um, so after all the after all the, they say, I, it, it finally made sense one day when a doctor told me or a nurse assistant or whatever told me, you're gonna have to diagnose yourself. You know what they told me? You're gonna have to be your way out. <laughs> doctor can't save you. I can't save you. You're going to have to figure this out for yourself. Now, when I first heard that, I got offended almost in a sense in where I'm like, well, what's the point of y'all? Y'all can't, you know what I'm saying? What's all this technology? What's the point of y'all learning all this thing? You can't even help nobody? They got to figure it out themselves. What's the point? Well, that is the point. If you need saving, you need to be the savior.
what the words say. I've always heard them say, God help those who what? Help themselves. The doctor not going to be able to help you unless you help you first. You got to pay attention. What did I last eat? Was I drink? So I begin to be my way out. And by being my way out, it led me to the veganism. It led me to being a vegan. And it led me to the relief of that pain. And I let them know, man, man, you don't understand what I went through. I start to learn more and more about what is happening to me. The deficiencies, the lack of minerals, the things that actually were needed in my diet and that needed to be taken away from my... Man, I learned a whole lot of stuff, man, and it's so much more. So much more than simply just choosing to be the eyeball of some kind of nature. People will get curious. They will ask questions when you stand firm, but you don't have to be hostile about it. That's a what man this must be something good it's you know he peacefully declined every time don't be so quick to get offended you understand what i'm saying people match your words up with your actions you can get your message across in a wise and calm manner it's a breath of fresh air from the usual usual response that people will have when being tested. When you don't practice what you preach, it robs others who might have been watching you of a better way to do things. You don't know how you inspire somebody. Unashamed. Be unashamed of speaking up about what you know now. And you know it's been a blessing to you. Be unashamed, there ain't nothing to be ashamed about. But sometimes we allow people's possible judgments and this is all in our head before we actually even say anything because or last time and this and that and such and such did that and this happened. We doing all this before we actually even did anything. We making up the worst case scenarios, the best case scenarios. How about just doing it unashamed? Because you know it's been a blessing to you. It's been good to you. It'll be good to somebody. I want to leave you and conclude with this sermon today. I'm going to conclude this up. If you look in Genesis 2 and 25, it says that, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed, meaning they were vulnerable. They were unprotected. As I was telling you about the queen and nakedness, they were unprotected. They were vulnerable. They were and, and they were not sorry about it or they weren't guilty for it. This is metaphysical. This is spiritual. Not so much focus on literally being naked. So a mindset of, of being unashamed about what you know because you know it works. Then there's no need to, uh, you know, feel unprotected I mean there's no need to be protective there's no need to be you know build up a wall you can be vulnerable in this mindset you can you can let your guard down 
and you don't have to feel sorry or guilty for it. You don't have to be ashamed. You be bold in this journey of the knowing. You have to be willing to stand on what you know to be the truth. Like me knowing that dying of disease is an unnecessary death. I witnessed my grandfather die an unnecessary death. I witnessed my grandmother die an unnecessary death. And at that point, I knew a little more than I did with my grandfather, but I was too late. I'm not some kind of savior of anybody else's life to where I'm just, you know, I could just do all that. But I knew it was unnecessary. And there was a way to show that. I just was unable to show it in time. Like me knowing that it's unnecessary. And any disease could be healed in a matter of days. Any disease if distraction from it could occur and a different vibration dominate, huh? If the, if the person mind, not even, we ain't even got to the herbs and things of that nature, but just starting with your mind, if you can take your mind off of being sick. And of course, the reality always gonna try to enforce itself as, hey, you can stop thinking about it, but this pain in your stomach, yeah, uh, it's here. Okay, okay, but we think in disease when we hear that. We think in what we've been told. But if the mind could be distracted from what this so-called ailment or disease or this pain and a different vibration can dominate our minds, the healing one. And the healing time is about how much mix-up there is and all of that. Misunderstanding what is taking place to you. For any melody in your physical body was a lot longer in coming than it takes to release it. Do you understand? Knowing that, I can speak boldly, unashamed. I don't feel sorry for it. I don't feel guilty. I'm vulnerable in letting you know that I know that when people tell us of their problems or their struggles, we should learn to sympathize. And I say sympathize because, see, sympathy means that we cannot personally relate. I don't know what it feels like to lose a child. I don't know what it feels like uh, to lose a mother. Uh, uh, I don't know what that feels like personally to have a million dollars or a billion dollars and then go bankrupt I don't know what that feels like but I can take your word for it I can take your response to it that it's something that nobody wants to have to experience we should be able to sympathize Understand that articulate sound and actions are representations of our prayers and are our prayers as well. Don't think it's, oh, oh, you need to pray, pray more, pray, 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 meaning that I need to be dropping down on my knees, but not saying that you shouldn't. All I'm saying is you that's all you think about when you hear prayer. Or I literally get in the closet and I get on my knees and I pray and pray and pray and talk and talk and talk and think and think and think. But prayer is more than thinking and it's more than talking. 
Prayer is, is uh, also your actions. It's also articulate sound. We should have a mind to be hopeful for people when the average person would give up on them. They should be able to see our prayers for them through our actions of not giving up on them. You're saying you're praying for me, but you're saying you, what you're saying ain't showing what you're doing. Say, I pray you get on your feet. But your actions says different when you said I got to get out tomorrow. I don't know where you're going to go, but you got to leave tomorrow. I pray you get on your feet. No, you don't. You say that you pray I get on my feet, but your actions are your prayers as well. And your prayers is that I get out of your house. Do you follow me? We should give the brilliant perception of that person or whatever they're going through through the spiritual perspective on their troubles that they are going through. Because that's what brilliant perception is about. Helping you see the brilliant outlook of what is happening to you so that you can truly live the life that you desire. But we're doing it through the spiritual perspective on your circumstances, on your troubles, on your pain that you're going through. This has been a sermon and the first sermon won't be the last. I hope you guys truly enjoyed this today talking about being the way out. I hope that everyone that was listening was able to gain something from this that you can implement this into your life today and share this with somebody else i hope that you listen to this on repeat i hope you download it save it whatever you need to do put it on your playlist whatever you need to do listen to it listen to it let it be your guide let it guide you as you go because i tell you what it, it'll show it'll show you more and more how relevant it is when you use it like a guide don't just listen to it like a book you just read through and then when life started happening you forgot all about things that you read about or the podcast you listen to allow this to be a guide a study guide where as you're going through and you need to hear a word or you need to hear somebody speak on that subject matter know that i spoke on it go back and listen to it again and it'll, it'll hit home harder for you as you going through that and be like, man, that's exactly what I'm going through. I'm glad to, that, that you're saying that and I can take what you're saying and apply it as I'm going through it. I hope that you're able to do that today. It has been a pleasure to share this with you guys. It it's, it's, it's feels good to me. It's a passion of mine to share this with you guys. I love you all sincerely. My brilliant perception community know that we're building a one mind world organization in which we're going to have that 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 wealth club, uh, you know, that organization, um, you know, for those who desire to be involved in this new world, to be involved in the way things um, were always believed to be. You, too, can be a part of that. Uh, get in contact with me um, via uh, Instagram. Um, I'm available. DM me, uh, Brilliant Perception, or Quell the Music. I have all those things available to you to follow up. Uh, 
guys, let's just let's let's make this happen. I truly enjoyed. I hope you know I'm done when that uh, you know the the spirit and everything cooking up is done. You know um, I'm done. So uh, again, run the views up. I'm not going to tell you what number, but once you reach a certain amount of numbers that says to me, I need to run another episode, I'm going to run another episode. Or you can just send me direct messages saying, hey, I enjoyed that or whatever have you. Um, I want to hear more or let me know some things you may want me to dig deeper into. I'll I'll be glad to do that as well. Um, This has been uh, Brilliant Perception uh, Sermon. I'm Quell the Music, and until next time.